Hi, everybody. This is Gregory. And this is Colleen. And we actually took a quick break from our recording schedule because Colleen welcomed a new baby boy into the world. Tell us more, Colleen. I did. We had a baby boy, and his name is Marty. Aww. He's been Marty the party already, so he's uh, up at all hours of the night. Uh. <laughs> and right now he's uh, just chilling with um, my mother-in-law. So who knows? Maybe in this episode you'll see some, uh, you'll you'll hear some some baby cries going on upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> Listener, beware. No. <laughs> yes, I know. Just roll with it. Roll with it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm very excited. I feel like I get to be the... Um, the surrogate funkle on the sidelines who gets i'll be popping in every so often with with gifts for marty and you know maybe contributing a little to his college education oh i'm gonna hold you to that i'm totally gonna keep this recording and show it to you (laughs) it's coming back in 20 years (laughs) (laughs) anyway let's get this party started (laughs) okay here we go How do you talk to people about something so important? Uh, I always like to say you can go about two weeks without food, you can go about two days without water, but I ask you, how long can you go without air? That's Jill Bloor, Executive Director for the Calgary Region Airshed Zone, or CRAS for short. And this nonprofit organization is doing some incredible things, which is why they won the AIR Award presented by the City of Calgary at the 30th Annual Emerald Awards. And today we're talking all about emissions, what they are, why they exist, and what we can do as individuals to reduce emissions. I'm Colleen Nook. And I'm Gregory Caswell. And this is What on Earth Can We Do? So before we get into this episode, let's talk about what emissions are. So emissions are the gases and particulates put into the air or emitted by a variety of things like cars, planes, forest fires, agriculture, stuff like that. And I found something really interesting while researching the topic. The primary sources of emissions come from electricity and heat, agriculture, manufacturing, transportation, and forestry. These kinds of emissions have an effect on global warming and can have an immediate effect on our health because it's in the air we breathe. And this is our first stop today. We wanted to chat with CRAS, the Calgary Region Airshed Zone, about what they're doing to monitor the air and what we can do to make sure our air is safe to breathe. Region Airshed Zone was started in 2007 as a multi-stakeholder nonprofit organization to bring together industries, municipalities, individuals, environmental nonprofits uh, that were concerned about the air quality in the region. We develop strategies to promote a healthy air quality in our community, which is Calgary and surrounding communities. That's Tanya Carlson, Engagement Program Manager for CRAS. We collect and monitor data and analyze the data to see how we're doing and then we develop strategies to how we can get better. Before we talk about why it's important to monitor air quality, let's talk about how we monitor air quality. Okay, so there's many ways to monitor air quality. The station behind me uh, is called an 
nap station. This station has about seven different components that it monitors on different analyzers inside of it. The three key ones that we use in what is then called the Air Quality Health Index are the particulate matter, ozone, and the nitrogen dioxide, so NO, NOx, NO2. Those three analyzers, when they monitor the data, then the data gets produced into a formula and a number of 1 to 10 is formed. So without getting into too many details on these three key indicators, I'm just going to give a little review on what they are. Um, particulate matter are extremely small particles and liquid droplets that float in the air and can be harmful to our lungs, but they're so small, our lungs can't filter out these particles, which is what makes them harmful. The second and third elements, ozone and nitrogen oxides, they contribute to smog. So you know when you drive in a city and you kind of see that haziness over top of a city? That's smog. The Air Quality Health Index, or the AQHI as we call it, uh, is a really important tool for all of us to use. Uh, there is an app, AQHI Canada, please download it, it's free. Uh, and it gives you the number on, a, on an hourly basis and it does forecasting as well. Uh, so the first level is one to three, that's low risk. So anybody can go out, run a marathon, if you so choose. Um, walk your dog. Uh, four to six is moderate. So you might not want to, if you have a respiratory issue, even light asthma, uh, go out and do a marathon. But people who are healthy can still go out and do their exercise. People who have, again, respiratory issues, you might want to be a little bit more cautious. Uh, then you get into the high levels and that's a seven to 10. And that really we recommend nobody goes out and does heavy exercise. Uh, the thing is that, especially right now when we have the effects from the wildfires, is that there is particulate matter 2.5 in the air. And it is smaller than a human hair. And it is one of the three compounds that is used to produce the AQHI. It is harmful to us. There is no safe exposure level. However, healthy humans can deal with it. People who, again, have respiratory issues, the really old, the really young, can't. And so it's much higher when you have the effects of forest fires or wildfires, and you want to be careful of that. Okay, so we've learned what emissions are, how the air is monitored. Now let's dive a little deeper into what exactly causes fluctuations in air quality. Some of the trends that we notice that affect air quality are forest fires in our region. For the past six or seven years, we've experienced very smoky summers. Also what affects is inversions, especially in the city of Calgary, is when the warm air gets trapped in between cold air and we see the smog and pollution that settles over the city. 
one of the things that's really interesting and one of the things that we've been looking at in the past year or two is how COVID and COVID trends in how people get to work, how the daily lives have changed in the past year and a half to two years. So they're still gathering that data to see what the changes are. We thought emissions would have dropped a lot, especially in Calgary with a lot of people staying at home to work. but. We also see different trends happening of a lot of people getting delivered, delivery stuff more. So more big trucks are on the road delivering all those Amazon packages or all those parcels for us, our groceries for us. So we see that how we felt the trend would decrease, the trend hasn't really changed at all, but they're still working on the data. We had a transportation workshop last or a couple years ago, and they said a one-day delivery, if you cho choose that one-day delivery, it causes those semis and trucks to go out in a day half empty. So if we do the five to seven day delivery, they fill the trucks completely up. But if it goes out one day, those trucks may leave empty. Wow, Gregory, this piece of information really hit home for me. Like I figured there would be a downward trend with having more people work from home, but I never took into account all of those delivery services that are out there at this moment, which, you know, our family in particular, like I get so many more things delivered to our home ever since COVID hit. So yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, well, and I, I think that like, what's really interesting about us working from home during COVID is that, yeah, okay, maybe we're not all driving to the office, but especially during these cold months, like we're recording this right, uh, it's about to be December in a few days, our heat's turning on. So if you're thinking about like every home that's now, because there's people sitting it, in it that aren't necessarily turning down the thermostat throughout the course of the day because they're not driving to the office, how much more that's impacting it. But yeah, I, I have to agree. I mean, we've definitely in our household started to get more things delivered. Groceries, skip the dishes, all of it is now coming mm -hmm. to our house. Um, yeah, and it it does kind of hurt my brain a little bit. I, I didn't actually think. And what is interesting, Colleen, what I'm starting to notice about these conversations that we're having is that maybe there's a, a, a carbon tax or like an effect on climate change from convenience. Yes. I think that is actually probably a theme we probably need to dig into a little bit more eventually. Well, yeah, and it, it's, it's interesting because it relates to everything, especially if, if you take this idea about like vehicles driving, um, that's a convenience because we don't have to go to the store. But what is the overall impact of that? <laughs> and yeah, we're, we're going to talk a little bit more about some of the conveniences that we might not be thinking about that might actually be having a negative impact a little later in this episode. So now that we've learned more about air quality, what on earth can we do to help keep the air quality at that coveted one to two range? So some of the things that the everyday Albertan can do to lower their personal emissions is actually the biggest is anti-idling. So another thing that people should be aware of is that the tire pressure on their vehicles does affect the amount of emissions that the car puts out. Not only is it connected to your fuel consumption, so if your tires are properly inflated, you will use less fuel, therefore cost you less, and with our prices right now, you really want to be aware of that. But if your tires are properly inflated, then your engine works properly and it doesn't have 
more emissions that it would put out. One bus takes 30 vehicles off the road. So that's very important. I love speaking to kids about what they can do. Sometimes it's just introducing them to what carpooling means. Um, sometimes it's teaching them about how they are comparing the air here to the air compared to Montreal or Mexico City and just seeing what the differences that other countries face compared to how lucky we are in this region. Our air quality on the air quality health index is usually a two or three. So we always have very good air except for those smoke events. And that's when people start to take notice, but we need to start doing our part today. So instead of going through a drive-through and idling, we can park our vehicles and go inside. Instead of turning our, leaving our heat in our homes up all day, we can have a programmable thermostat that turns it down while we're not at home. We can use a hand-powered mower instead of an electric or a gas-powered mower. So little changes that we can make in our everyday lives will make a big difference. Okay, so this is the perfect segue for us to head into solar energy, which we will get into right after this. Leading a sustainable lifestyle can be expensive. But it doesn't have to be with the Emerald Lifestyle Card. For $25, get exclusive discounts at your favorite Albertan sustainable businesses like CM Prey Eco, Change Toothpaste, Reboxable, We Book In, Chop Value, YYC, and the Calgary Heritage Roasting Company. Meanwhile, you'll be supporting the Alberta Emerald Foundation in our environmental good news storytelling efforts, like the What on Earth Can We Do podcast. Get your Emerald Lifestyle Card today at emeraldfoundation.ca. Remember the top sources of emissions we mentioned at the beginning of this episode? Well, heat and electricity account for the majority of emissions, an astounding 32%. So our next stop is with Solar Alberta, an organization that educates Albertans on renewable energy resources and energy efficiency potential. And actually, this is a really good segue into Solar Alberta, because when you think about it, especially as we just touched on us working from home during the pandemic and even probably past the pandemic, that our homes are actually creating a lot of emissions. Energy efficiency is something that we should really be taking into consideration, especially in the places we abide, to make sure that we are making a positive impact in reducing our emissions. So I'm Heather McKenzie and I'm the Executive Director of Solar Alberta and we're here today at the uh, Solar Array on the top of Nate. So Solar Alberta is a not-for-profit organization. We have been in existence for over 30 years now. This is actually our 30th anniversary this year and uh, we serve two primary functions. One is to educate the public about solar and renewables in general and energy efficiency. Uh, and the second is to serve as an industry hub. So providing support and professional development uh, supports as well for about 160 different business members across the province. So I would say we are the hub for solar organizations in Alberta. So we are not doing installations ourselves these days. We are helping people connect with all of the many organizations that do those installations. I get questions all the time about um, you know, what are the regulations in, involved in, in this, you know, putting a solar array on a condominium, for example. 
and we're the folks who connect you with the regulators and the others who actually know the detailed uh, you know, legal analysis of that question. So we're serving as connectors. We run an online directory and our directory is, a, is an additional source of support for Albertans, um, whether they're you know, folks looking to get solar on their home or business, or whether they are businesses looking to connect with other businesses. We're sort of serving as that connection and that, that hub uh, between everybody. Uh, it's been really interesting we're talking to so many albertans who are basically saying you know let's stop this fighting about which sector goes first and let's work together and say okay how are we going to diversify our economy together um, and it's not an either or you've got farmers who have oil and gas on their farms and they are also wanting solar on their farms they're seeing it as one energy among many uh, one energy source among many and they're just wanting to make sure that they're farms are uh, diversified and that they're not depending on one source of income right now for their families. So we're getting a lot of interest from people around the province. Um, of course, you still have your, your city dwellers who are, who are really passionate about solar, especially rooftop solar. Uh, they're really interested in rooftop solar and participating in that. Um, but when you get to rural Alberta, people are talking about much bigger installations. They're talking about commercial solar. They're talking about uh, utility scale solar. And those are the big solar builds that are, are probably going to ultimately result in, uh, in more electrification of our, our grid at the end of the day. Solar energy reduces CO2 emissions by providing a clean and renewable source of energy. Its carbon footprint is about 20 times less than coal-powered electricity sources. And not only does it reduce emissions, when solar is installed in a home, it can drastically reduce heating and electricity bills, protect against rising energy costs, and increase your property value. Cha-ching, cha-ching! It's one of those things that's a bit of a win-win. It's a smart investment while reducing emissions. But a common question is the initial cost. Solar is getting to become a, an accessible technology. I would say there's still a ways to go. And, and the, the, the primary barrier for most people when it comes to solar is the upfront capital cost. So even with rebates, uh, you know, your typical homeowner is still going to be looking at between five to $15,000 for their installation uh, upfront. And so um, there are a number of financing mechanisms that are allowing more and more people to participate in solar. Uh, but what we really need to do is, um, is uh, make sure that municipalities across Alberta start adopting the Clean Energy Improvement Program that is now possible here and was made possible through recent uh, Government of Alberta adjustments to the Municipal Government Act. And ultimately what the Clean Energy Improvement Program allows municipalities to do is to basically loan their residents the upfront capital for their solar installation or their energy efficiency upgrade. And then for those folks to pay off their installation over time uh, on their property bills every month and, and they'll be recognizing the benefits on their utility bills while paying it off. And so that makes it much more affordable for most homeowners. That still only, even though that program is amazing, it still only helps homeowners. And so there's still a far ways to go before renters can fully participate in the benefits of solar in Alberta. We need a lot more community uh, generation happening in this province. We need a lot more supports for renters so that renters and landlords and others who are trying to make uh, a rental properties more energy efficient 
um, can actually recognize and, and, and go there. And, and so there are many, many opportunities. Um, many in the U.S. actually are exploring ways to engage renters and others in the solar solar transition, solar revolution. Um, but we've got a ways to go here in Alberta before um, people who are renting uh, really see the benefits of solar. So that's something that we're working on and we've got a number of partners who are trying to get creative about how to make sure that all so all Albertans can participate in solar, uh, not just the wealthy. Um, but this uh, issue of, you know, around uh, justice and, and equity when it comes to renewables is, is not just an issue for solar, it's an issue for many and, and it's going to take all levels of government and, and a lot of grassroots uh, movements to really uh, make sure that we can all benefit from uh, renewables in the future. This sounds amazing, but honestly, it sounds really intimidating to me. Yes. And I would have zero clue where to start <laughs> if I were to install solar panels on my home. You know, Colleen, I absolutely agree with you. And it's it's so sad because I, I have wanted to put solar panels on my house for the longest time. I just want to be that mm -hmm. cool guy on my block that like brings it in and encourages everyone around me to do it. But there's that barrier for me where it's like, okay, but now I need to find the person and I need to, like, I don't know anything mm -hmm. about this. And yeah, it's it like the days keep on passing by <laughs> and I still don't have solar. So, well, it's one of those things where if you don't know where to start, you just don't do it. So this is actually what's really great about Solar Alberta is they provide that education you need to get the ball rolling and it becomes a little less intimidating. So let's start with the top three. So the top three recommendations I would give to the average Albertan who is looking to uh, to get solar on their rooftop would be number one, solicit some quotes, right? Because your installers are very knowledgeable about uh, how to get solar on your rooftop. They're gonna help you with not only the design and the modeling of your solar, they're also gonna figure out the financing piece with you. They're gonna help you with that because they want you to get solar on your rooftop. And so you don't have to do all the financing legwork alone. Many of them are going to support you through that process. And so I would say get some solar quotes. Uh, we always recommend at least three uh, just to make sure that you're doing your due diligence and um, getting a diverse uh, array of quotes. Uh, and of course, the second recommendation I would have is to check out our directory to find three solar installers to give you quotes. Uh, if, you're, if our directory is overwhelming to you, you can also just request a quote through our website and many of our members will check that request a quote section and get in touch with you if they have availability. And, uh, and then the third piece I would say is talk to some of your friends and neighbors about their solar installs and you know what they did, what they would do differently, how it's worked out for them. Can you look at a utility bill of theirs? Uh, if you don't have a friend or a neighbor who wants to talk to you about their solar, check out our, our Alberta solar uh, map on our website. You can see a number of people there and they've listed, many of them have listed their phone numbers. They wanna talk to you about their solar. They're super stoked. Um, and you can also go to the EcoSolar Home Tours. Uh, they're really, they offer them every year. They're one of our partners. Uh, if you wanna go in person and shop around, see what other people are doing. Um, we all know that someone is much more likely to adopt solar if their neighbor has adopted solar. So checking in on your neighbors is a great way to encourage solar uh, in Alberta. And, uh, and if you need any help uh, finding folks to check in with or finding installers to give you quotes, then uh, you know, uh, just he heading to uh, Solar Alberta as a sort of a one-stop shop can be an easy, low barrier way to start that ball rolling. 
Okay, yeah, I really love how Solar Alberta is that hub that just like streamlines the process of switching to solar energy. But not everyone owns their own home. I mean, I, I rented for many, many years. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that money thing is, a, is an issue. So not everyone can afford the renovation, regardless of the grants and, and subsidies that mm-hmm. are available. So I think it's important to also discuss what everyone could put, potentially look at doing in, in their own homes. Here are the top five tips to conserve energy. I wouldn't quite say top five, but when I when we were doing research for this, we kind of wanted, you know, everybody knows to turn off their lights when they're not in a room, right? But I wanted to find ones that were a little less universally known. Okay, how about this? Here are the top... No, not top... <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Colleen, how about this? We're going to rename this list. Uh, It's now the five energy conservation things that you might not have considered. Ooh, I like it. Okay. Yeah, that works. So how about about unplugging unused electronics? Yeah, absolutely. I'm 100% guilty of this. I have plugged in iPhone cords everywhere in my house. And you know what? In my earlier days... Uh, when when I was a wee child, I was working at a call center for an energy company, and the number one thing that we said to people when they were complaining about their energy bills uh, was that they should be unplugging things in their home. So they take it takes up a lot of energy. Just think about all of those little red lights that are telling you that your things are plugged in when you're not using them. That's actually energy that's being used in the, in the in that moment. Absolutely. Um, Okay, the next one, which we have heard this one before, but it's a big one, is managing your thermostat. So programming your thermostat, if you're able to, to maybe drop a bit in the evening or at night when you're sleeping under the cozy covers and that sort of thing. Um, that That's a big one. Yeah. And I'm going to say that if you're like me and you're working from home during the pandemic and even after the pandemic, during the colder months, Yes, you do definitely need to turn on on your heat, but how about putting on a sweater or some of those? (laughs) If I had a dollar every time my dad said that growing up. (laughs) You'd have five dollars. Okay. (laughs) Okay, here's another one. Run full loads. Both of your laundry and of your dishwasher. This is a new one uh, for me, and I have to say that I'm very guilty and I'm really trying to push myself to make sure that every time that I'm loading those those dishes, that it's a full load. And it's it, this is, again, it's very convenient. A dishwasher is a convenience. Even a washing machine, even though it's very commonplace now, is a convenience. Um, that when we're using the, these conveniences that we're doing so mindfully, mindfully, thoughtfully. Yeah, you know, and, and this is also... Um... One that I've just realized lately because my laundry, I feel like I'm always doing laundry now with a newborn. Always. So making sure that it's a full load, um, I think that's an important one. Just, just, I already am, I'm struggling a little bit with how much laundry I'm doing. So I'm going to remember this one. And... Just to roll right into our next one while we're on the topic of laundry is hang drying your clothes. So this is super simple. Also helps keep your clothes looking good um, and lengthens the lifespan of your clothes. And yeah, I mean, I think that that also goes for our dishwasher as well. 
uh, that heat cycle at the end that's drying the dishes, that's probably using a lot of energy. And you might just, you know, stop it early or don't even run it and use a dish towel and, and clean off those dishes or dry off the dishes. Which, I mean, those are some great tips, but Colleen, now we're in the mm-hmm. what on earth can we do section of the show. So walking away from this, what what are you thinking about doing in, in your own life? Uh, I think there are a couple of easy ones for me uh, for this episode. It's not, I, I think I'm going to uh, reduce the amount of like the one to two day deliveries that I get uh, from Amazon. I already try and purchase more locally, um, but I can order something and get it in five and seven days. Like nothing, I don't need to get my, I don't know whatever I'm ordering in one day, it's okay. So I'll do, I think that's for me. I think I'm going to like probably shy away from the, the one day delivery. Nice. Yeah. Again, there's that convenience of, you know, having something sent to you right away is actually having an environmental impact. Ah, it breaks my brain. It's actually that whole thought is making me just look at my, my life and my habits differently. And I think that that's what I'm taking away is that, you know, convenience is having an effect, a negative effect on on our environment, be it, you know, taking your car for short distances rather than walking or taking your bike, that's convenience and it's having an issue or it's creating an issue of Mm -hmm. running a a dryer instead of hang drying your clothes, turning your thermostat up instead of putting on a sweater, all of these things. So just like taking that realization of Convenience is having a negative impact and trying to choose different options. And if I am going to go for convenience, I mean, it, it even goes into, you know, going to a food court or going to a restaurant or having food delivered to you. That's Those are all conveniences. And to think about the single-use plastics and all that sort of stuff that's that's involved, it's, it's all there. So that philosophy, I think, has... I just want to jump in for one second just for any sort of listeners, don't, don't overthink it though. Like I think the most important difference I've noticed in myself over the past few years now that we've been doing this podcast is, is they've been very, very like small changes that has grown a little bit over time. And I feel like I'm getting better and better and it's always a learning experience. So, you know, if you cut down your deliveries by like 10% or like just make your make your life like a little less convenient but still just just don't, you know, don't beat yourself up if you end up leaning on convenience a little bit. Like I have a newborn right now. I'm leaning on convenience a little bit. <laughs> that that is a valid point. I do not have a newborn right now. <laughs> um and yeah, Colleen, very, very valid point. Um I how, how about this? How about this? Just take a moment before you make a decision to think through it. There you go. So if you're wanting to find more information about the Capital Region Airshed Zone or CRAS, or if you're interested in potentially hosting an air quality monitor on your property, visit craz.ca. And to learn more about Solar Alberta or Solar Energy, there's a ton of amazing information on their site at solaralberta.ca. And a little extra plug, if you're considering putting on solar to your home, I definitely re- definitely recommend checking out Emerald Award finalist Virtuoso Energy. They might be a good fit and might be able to support you. Um, 
I guess that's a wrap. That's a wrap. The What on Earth Can We Do podcast is presented by the Alberta Emerald Foundation and Eco Growth Environmental and features Emerald Award recipients. Nominations for the 31st Annual Emerald Awards open on November 1st, 2021 and close February 11, 2022. Learn more about our guests' inspiring work through the Emerald Documentary Series, available on our website, emeraldfoundation.ca. And if you enjoyed What on Earth Can We Do, please make sure to subscribe and stay up to date with us on our socials at Alberta Emerald. Need help with your waste management? Eco Growth Environmental Incorporated has your solutions. Learn more at eco-growth.ca. A very special thank you to our sponsors, the Government of Alberta, City of Edmonton, Syncru Canada Limited, the Edmonton Community Foundation, the Alberta Real Estate Foundation, Yellow Bike Solutions, and Bioenergy Solutions Incorporated.